Welcome to the Focus Today podcast with Perry Atkinson. Welcome to uh, Focus Today. I'm your host, Perry Atkinson, and it's been a long time, and what an amazing honor for us to have with us today, Dr. Ben Carson. He's a best-selling author, former Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. He was a 2016 Republican presidential candidate, former director of the pediatric neurosurgery there at John Hopkins. Uh, he's also the recipient of the President Medal of Freedom. He's the founder of American Cornerstone Institute and the author of a new book entitled Created Equal. And he is coming to Southern Oregon. He'll be with us on October 20th at the Medford Pregnancy Center annual fundraising event. And I look forward to uh, him seeing that and seeing him there. And there's a picture of the cover of his book. A couple of websites, littlepatriotslearning.com is a website and bencarson.com is a website. Dr. Carson, good to see you again, friend. How are you? Always good to be with you. Doing well, thank you. Thank you. First of all, I just want to say thank you for your unwavering witness in our culture. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. And couldn't do anything other than that when I consider how wonderful the Lord has been to me. And my wife and I always talk about how lucky we are to have been born in this country. And we need to do everything we can to preserve it. Well, you, you're just an amazing witness, and I just want to say thank you. Um, I remember talking to you right after your first book, and here you are today, and you're going to be in Southern Oregon. We look forward to you. Can you tell us a little bit about your um, personal journey and experiences that led you to become so strong for an advocate for life? No choice, because I grew up in liberal places. You know, Detroit, Boston, New Haven, Ann Arbor, Baltimore. Uh, but one day I was thinking about slavery and uh, how people thought they owned other people and they could do anything they wanted to them, kill them, beat them, rape them, whatever. And um, I said, what if the abolitionists had been pro-choice? What if they had said, well, I choose not to have slavery, but you do whatever you want. Where would we be? So we do actually have an obligation when we see things that are grossly wrong. And it says right there in the book of Proverbs, uh, the 24th chapter of Proverbs, verses 11 and 12, what are you going to do when you see innocent people being drawn to death? Are you just going to say, I didn't know? And it says, God knows what you did. Do you think... Uh with the turnover of Roe versus Wade and this whole debate now going back to the states, um, do you think this has opened up a door for us to uh, continue to work to abolish abortion? Well, it was a victory, no question about it. Returning things to the way that they're supposed to be done uh, at the behest of the people and at the local level. So that was good. Uh, what people have to recognize now is that that's just the beginning of the fight. Uh, we have a, a, a ways to go. Uh, those of us who, like myself, believe that life begins at conception uh, have to keep making forward progress. That's the key. You don't have to always get a touchdown every time, but you need to make forward progress as we move toward the goal of helping people to recognize that incredible value 
the, the, the majesty, the miracle of human life. Why have we devalued it? Well, we've devalued everything uh, from the womb to the tomb. We, we don't value people anymore. We don't value people's opinions. And you see how that's resulted in much coarser relationships. That's why you see all the hatred and the violence going on right now. And we have to get back to that. That with American Cornerstone, the organization that I founded, you know, we emphasize our faith, liberty, community, and life from the womb to the tomb and understanding the importance of it and why we have a responsibility for it. And we don't have the ability to create life, but we certainly have the ability to preserve it. Why has the medical community softened so much on the fact that life begins at conception and you see the heartbeat, you see the brain development, the brain waves, the nervous system, and all of a sudden that is disposable? What has happened to the medical community? Well, the medical community is not immune from peer pressure and the desire to be liked uh, any more so than anyone else. It's sad. It's unfortunate. You have to ask yourself, how can an obstetrician, you know, reach into a uterus with a pair of forceps and grab whatever is there and twist and pull and, you know, outcomes identify identifiable human part. How can they do that? Particularly after having taken the Hippocratic Oath. But somehow people are able to just put all that behind them and, and, and do what they're told to do. And it's, it's very sad. Um, is, is, I hate to even ask this question. Is money a motivator to do that? Well, I certainly don't think they would do it without money. <laughs> Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah. And many of them have made uh, outrageous amounts of money. And uh, their consciences have been seared. And uh, that's unfortunate. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. The love of money, not money itself, but the love of money. And people will do anything for it. Um. Tell us about American Cornerstone Institute. I, I want to go back to that because you're doing an amazing work there. Tell us about that. Well, you know, I had decided that maybe I would retire after my stint as Secretary of Housing and Urban Development because I had failed retirement the first time. I said, this time I'll get it right. But <laughs> looking at the direction of our country, I realized I couldn't have any fun playing golf while I watched my country go down the tubes. And uh, so myself and a bunch of outstanding people from HUD got together and created the American Cornerstone Institute, which emphasizes those cornerstone principles that were responsible for us becoming a great nation. You know, we didn't go from a ragtag bunch of militiamen to the pinnacle of the world in record time by coincidence. It was because of our belief system. And the, the first pillar was our faith, our Judeo-Christian values which taught us how to relate to each other. It said, love your neighbor. Not cancel your neighbor, not hate your neighbor if they have a different yard sign, but love your neighbor. What a difference that made in our relationships. And then the pillar of liberty, freedom 
to live the life that you want to live without interference, without mandates. That was the thing that attracted so many people to our shores. And then the pillar of community, learning how to live and work together. Think about how incredible that was. Early on in this country, there'd be 50 or 100 families from different countries, no other community within 50 or 100 miles, and yet not only did they survive, but they thrived because they learned how to use their skills, their talents together for the common good. Mm. And that's something that is such an important concept. And then the last pillar, life, from the womb to the tomb, cherishing, valuing, and protecting life. Not only babies in the womb, but those people on the street who are homeless, who have mental illnesses or addictions, we have a responsibility for those people as well. And most of those addicts, if they could push a button and not be addicted, they would wear that button out. It's easy to get addicted, and we need to help our fellow man. And then we have the Little Patriots program, which uh, concentrates on our children, who are being indoctrinated, by the way, in a very negative way. And we teach them, uh, K through 5, who we are as Americans, what our principles are, and what our real history is, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But an honest appraisal will show you that there's a heck of a lot more good than there is bad and ugly. You have the 16, 19, and the CRT people who just seize on the bad and the ugly, and they try to make that our identity. That's far from our sole identity as a nation. And then we have the Executive Branch for America program, which teaches people the fundamentals of how the government works, how the agencies interact with each other, what you need to know to be an effective public service. Because a lot of people who go into service, they're like deer caught in the headlight. It takes them a year to even figure out what's going on. We want people to know that before they go there. And all of this, by the way, is absolutely free of charge because we have underwriters who have underwritten the program so that we can make it available to every American. So they can go to littlepatriotslearning.com and American Cornerstone Institute for that? American, AmericanCornerstone.org. Okay. Um, do you think, uh, you mentioned there that it, it seems that the negative gets the headlines, but I'm sensing through our network here with the Dove Radio and TV that there is not only a pushback, but there is a renewal going on, spiritual and otherwise, and that's not making the news. Are you sensing that? Uh, of course, they don't like to talk about good things, but you remember uh, early in the year, that tremendous revival that went on at Berea College in Kentucky. Mm. Uh, it was so magnificent, they couldn't ignore it as much as they wanted to. And uh, I'm, I'm also uh, looking at the tremendous explosion of homeschooling. It's doubled since 2020. And you look at the faith-based private schools, the uh, lines for enrollment are extensive. So people are waking up. What we really need now is courage. It's not that people don't understand what's going on. It's that a lot of people would rather stand in the corner and look at their feet than to say something. But you can't be the land of the free if you're not the home of the brave. <laughs> well said. 
Do you think public school can be redeemed? Uh, it's going to be difficult uh, because there's a dumbing down of our population. Uh, you see that when you see these men on the street interviews and they ask them simple questions, you know, like who fought in the Civil War, they have no idea. And uh, that's problematic. But you need a dumbed down population in order to control people. And uh, so I personally believe that some of it is intentional. You probably saw the Baltimore Project uh, five or six months ago, where they followed 23 public schools, elementary, middle, and high schools, uh, looking at the ability of students to perform math at grade level. Over 2,000 students were followed. Zero were competent in math at grade level. Yeah. That's a crisis. And uh, if we don't deal with it soon, it's going to catch up with us because we only have 330 million people. We have to compete with China and India. They have three to four times as many people. If we have that few people and then a large number of them are uneducated, we're at a disadvantage that would be very difficult to overcome. One last question. It's a difficult one before I take a break. Um, sticking with education, um, I, and I hope I framed this question correctly, but it appears that the number one topic in public education is sex. Can you tell me why? Well, interestingly enough, if you look at the congressional record for January the 10th, 1963, read into the congressional record were the 45 goals of communism in America. One of them was to make sexual perversion, homosexuality, and all of these things normal and natural. And in order to do that, you've got to start with the children. And uh, Marxist-in-chief Vladimir Lenin said, give me your children to teach for four years, and the seed that I sow will never be uprooted. So if you can corrupt the minds of our youngsters, You've got the you've got the war won, and we think we won the Cold War, but there was a reason that Nikita Khrushchev told Eisenhower that your grandchildren's children will live under communism. I think he knew what he was talking about. Scary, scary, scary. All right, let me take a, a quick break. LittlePatriotsLearning.com. Uh, you can go to AmericanCornerstoneInstitute.org or his personal website, BenCarson.com, and certainly get a copy of his latest book, Created Equal. Dr. Ben Carson, we'll be right back. We'll be back to this week's interview in just a few seconds. In the meantime, we want to let you know that you can watch this interview, plus many more exclusive interviews that happen this week on the Dove's daily TV and radio show by visiting our website, thedove.us. And while you're there, sign up for our free daily devotional, The Word for You Today. Three months of daily readings that will connect you with God's Word. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. And again, what a high honor to have back with us today, Dr. Ben Carson, uh, former HUD secretary. Uh, he's the author of Must Read called Created Equal. 
heads up a couple of great organizations. You need to check them out, and that's littlepatriotslearning.com and americancornerstone.org. Check that out and certainly get his new book called Created Equal. And Dr. Carson will be the keynote coming up next week, October 20th, here in Southern Oregon for the Medford Pregnancy Center. Dr. Carson, do you, um, do you miss medicine? Uh, I miss some aspects of it. Uh, certainly the, the sanctity of the operating room. You know, when you go in there, you shut out the rest of the world. You're just concentrating on that patient and making sure that they do well. I usually had classical music playing. It was very peaceful. And, uh, but what I didn't miss is the infiltration of bureaucracy into medicine. You know, what do you need for uh, good health care? You need a patient and a health care provider. Along came the middleman to facilitate the relationship, and now it has become the dominant force uh, imposing its will on the patient and the health care provider. Is it solvable, or we're stuck with this mess? Oh, it is absolutely solvable. We spend $13,100 per capita in this country on health care each year. That's a lot of money. Uh, concierge practices in general cost about five to $10,000. So uh, we're spending a lot of money. We're wasting a lot of money. And there are some very clever things that we could do to bring personal responsibility uh, to the whole equation. And I think it would take care of a lot of the costs. I want to move over to your public service part of your career, which is amazing to go from where you were in, in the medical community and an amazing surgeon uh, to where you became secretary of housing, you even ran for president. Um, how do you view public service today from your experience? Well, it's very important uh, in a country that is supposed to be of, by, and for the people. Uh, our founders worked very hard to make sure that it remained so. Uh, they studied every possible uh, government system that ever existed in the world. And one thing that became clear to them is that all governments move in the same direction grow, infiltrate, dominate. And they wanted to create a document that would keep that from happening in our country. And uh, we've been successful for over 240 years, but we're getting dangerously close right now uh, because we're in a situation where people are using the Department of Justice to go after their political opponents. And uh, that is a very, very dangerous precedent. It's been said, maybe you've heard this, it's certainly from our position in the news media, that you are the only statesman out there. And I, I say that to frame a question that it looks like we have lost what it is to be a statesman or a statesperson and the dignity that comes with being a public service. It's turned out to be a war zone. Did you experience that? Uh, unfortunately, I, I have seen a lot of that. And some of the things that I witnessed uh, as I was working in government was very disturbing. Some of the comments that I heard from uh, some of the senators and, and representatives uh, demonstrated that they were in it for uh, ideological reasons or personal reasons and, and not so much for the people themselves. 
Do you think our system is corrupt? Oh, it's beyond corrupt. You know, people call it the swamp, but that's probably a compliment. It's a cesspool. And uh, it needs to be cleaned up. And there needs to be really tough people who are willing to roll up their elbows, who are willing to, to, to be called names uh, and maybe even persecuted if we're ever going to get it straightened out. Do you think we have people of that fortitude available? Uh, there's a God in heaven, and uh, he was willing to save Solomon and Gomorrah for the sake of 10 people. I think we got more than 10 people. Well said, well said. Um, what's your view of what's happening in Israel? Uh, it's very disturbing, obviously. Uh, Hamas is a terrorist organization. But uh, what really concerns me is those terrorists have had free access to our country for three years now. And believe me, they are here. It, for them not to be here and setting up to do something worse than 9-11 than would be terrorist malpractice. So I'm sure they're here. And uh, we're going to unfortunately feel the results of what they do. People better gird up their loins because we're in for some rough for us sledding here. Um, there is a, a lot to be said about what's happening in Israel, but one of the things, Dr. Carson, that has kind of got my brain on tilt is where we have seen the carnage, and it's an amazing thing to watch. It's almost, you almost can't watch it, but we have to see it to understand it. Um, is on, over here, we're now seeing very public demonstrations of those who support this kind of killing and massacre and evil. My question is, do you think that this is a result of the loss of the dignity and the sanctity of human life, where life, no matter how it's taken, is expendable for our personal causes and, and uh, biases? Well, there's no question that uh, the jihadist mentality uh, is that they are righteous and that everybody else is an infidel who either must be converted or eliminated. Unfortunately, we see some of that kind of thinking starting to creep into our country as well. And uh, it's extremely concerning because that leads to totalitarianism. And, uh, you know, it's just antithetical to the very principles that established our country. It's very, very worrisome. And people need to wake up and uh, be more concerned about that than the score of the football game. Yeah. What do you want people to get from your book? Well, uh, from Created Equal, I, I want people to understand that uh, each of us has a sphere of influence, and uh, there's a lot that we can accomplish if we exercise that sphere. Also, I want people to understand that we, the American people, are not each other's enemies. Uh, there are those who are trying to drive wedges between us on the basis of race, age, income, gender, religion, political affiliation, and uh, to divide and conquer. And on the racial front, we've made enormous progress in this country. Uh, many on the left don't want to admit it, but uh, just in my lifetime, you know, I've seen tremendous change. I remember as a child going uh, to the Deep South and seeing the whites and colored only signs. 
And now in the same lifetime, we have uh, black admirals and generals and CEOs of Fortune 500 companies and heads of foundations and university presidents, including Ivy Leagues. And uh, we've had a president of the United States. I mean, the list goes on and on. And that's happened in one lifetime. What does that say about a country's ability to change? And uh, so we need to take that as a positive, and we need to build on the positives and not build on the negatives. What do you think the faith community's responsibility is today in this culture? Well, the faith community has to put the stake in the ground instead of trying to conform to society. Uh, that's been a big problem. Churches that are trying to become woke, who completely forsake what the Bible says, or says that, you yeah, know, well, that was only for those times, that, that's not relevant for these times. Uh, and they should be going in really very much the opposite direction. When Alexis de Tocqueville came to America, uh, he studied, you know, our, our government, our educational system, our business environment. But then he looked at our churches, and he was most impressed by the fiery sermons that came from those, those pulpits and how that encouraged a ragtag bunch of militiamen to defeat the most powerful military force on earth and how it gave the people a sense of morality. And uh, he concluded his two-volume analysis of America, called Democracy America, with these words. He said, America is great because America is good. Mm. And if America ever ceases to be good, she will cease to be great. Beautiful. One last thing, and again, I want to say thank you for your time, and we welcome you next week. Thanks for investing in our backyard, because um, I have, our family's been involved somewhat like you in the political system, myself, our son, others. Uh, the point being is that I have come to the conclusion that it's the pregnancy centers in the communities that are the frontline warriors in saving lives and changing minds. Uh, maybe you can speak to that. I mean, there's a lot of organizations out there, but these are the ones that are changing the minds and serving the need of uh, women with unwanted pregnancies and all the things. It's an amazing thing to see happen. What's your take on it? Well, these, are, these centers manifest love, love for your neighbor. And that translates into doing things that improve the lives of people. And these pregnancy centers recognize that it's not just saving the baby, but it's also helping the mothers to become good parents. It's helping fathers to become good parents. It's, it's helping to revive the whole ideal of family. The nuclear, traditional nuclear family in America is rapidly dissipating, disappearing. And of course, a strong family is the foundation of a strong community, which is the foundation of a strong nation. And that's one of the reasons that we seem to be going in the wrong direction. So these pregnancy centers, these centers that focus on love, family, mothers, babies, fathers, are key to salvation of our nation. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Let me share to our viewers and listeners. Uh, check out Dr. Carson's book, Created Equal. 
Um, and also a couple of websites, littlepatriotslearning.com, very resourceful, and americancornerstone.org. Check that out as well uh, and support what he's doing. Get behind him. And uh, Dr. Carson, again, good to see you, friend. Thank you for your time, and we look forward to seeing you next week. See you next week. Take right, care right. now. God bless. Thank you for listening to this week's Focus Today podcast. Remember, you can visit our website to check out all the interviews we did this week on our daily Focus Today TV show at thedove.us. And if you like this podcast, please take a moment to rate us and share it with your friends.